the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm highly encouraging you, as we're going into this, to spend a significant amount of time in prayer every day. You know, it's, it's really, there's no point cutting out food and actually going into a fast and literally pressing in to fast if you're not going to spend a significant amount of time in prayer, uh, because fasting alone is really just starving. That's all it is. Fasting by itself does not have supernatural benefits. You know, there's, there's people from other religions who fast, but their fasts don't produce anything because number one, the God they serve is dead and never, some of them never has been alive, a myth. And there's no, and and there's no, um, supernatural benefit to it because it's a a religious form or fashion. When we fast, we're not just doing it uh, to say that, oh yeah, I did it too. I fast. I didn't eat for 21 days. It's not like a mark of pride, you know, to say like, yeah, I got in with everybody. I didn't eat for 21 days. It's, it's something we do to supplement our prayer life. And so um, I heard Bishop Oyedepo say this one time and I thought, man, that's, that's kind of a good marker. He said, you know, if you're if you're joining us on the fast and you're not praying for at least an hour a day, you might as well go ahead and eat something. Because, you know, you're not you're not pressing into the spirit of God. Like, you know, there's people that'll sit down, and I know I've done it, and I know many people watching me right now have done it. There's people that'll sit down and on their couch in front of the TV or a laptop, and they'll blow through like three Netflix episodes back to back to back. Uh and or or they'll binge watch stuff. And that's like three hours, just just under, maybe two and a half hours to two hours and 45 minutes of shows. And so, you know, we're, we'll do that and not think a thing about it. Sit down and watch or binge a show or whatever. So we have to take that same um, priority and place it on things that are important like prayer and communion with God. So uh, an hour, <clears throat> and the reason that, that I say an hour is because... When you study the New Testament, it seems like an hour of prayer was kind of a standard thing. If you're going through the New Testament, um, you'll find you'll find the, these these examples in Scripture. Like, for example, um, Jesus took his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane before he was crucified, and Matthew chapter 26. And the Bible says that he left the disciples in a certain area of the garden, and then he went deeper into the garden to pray. And then he came back to see them after an hour had passed, and they were all asleep. And he woke them up, and he, and he said to them, could you not tarry with me for one hour? I mean, that was his question to the disciples. Couldn't you hang for one hour? Which shows you, number one, <clears throat> Jesus didn't think that an hour of prayer was a long time. It, to him, according to how he spoke to his disciples, it seems like that Jesus looked at an hour of prayer as a basic thing. And he said, man, you couldn't even hang for an hour, which means I'm going to get ready to go do more prayer. You couldn't even hang for the first part of it. And so in a way it was a rebuke, but if you study 
how he dealt with them at the end of that chapter. Uh, he explains why prayer is so important and impressing it in prayer is so important. He says in the 41st verse of Matthew 26, he said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation on the day of temptation for the spirit is willing, <clears throat> but the flesh is weak. That's Matthew 26 and verse 41. Jesus is telling his disciples, your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing to follow after the things of God. So what did he say? Make yourself watch and pray. Watch and pray. So it means that you've got to take action to dedicate yourself to the things of God. And that's what this 21 days of fasting and prayer is all about. We're taking action to press into the spirit of God, to receive what he has for us, number one, to show ourselves faithful to the kingdom, number two, and to believe God for the things that we're confessing and that he's shown us, number three. And, uh, you know, an hour of prayer seemed pretty standard. Jesus didn't just say it. But then in Acts chapter three, the Bible says, and I'm seeing some people that, um, that are saying that this is going to be their first time fasting uh, ever. Congratulations. And thank you for, uh, Letty, this will be your first time. And uh, congratulations. I'm glad you're going to be joining us. It's a powerful, powerful thing that God established in the body of Christ, fasting and prayer. And in the Old Testament, we see fasting and prayer. But an hour of prayer, it seemed to be standard. In Acts chapter 3, isn't it interesting that the Bible says that Peter and John were going up to the temple? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which is about three o'clock in the afternoon. The Bible says they were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. So now that the early church had been established, it seems like the early church had a standard daily hour of prayer from what we can see in scripture. And so it's, a, it's kind of a good way to look at it that an hour seemed to be a pretty standard period of time for prayer. Then you look at some that did more. I mean, Jesus, the Bible says, went out into the wilderness and there are times the Bible says he prayed through the night. You know, all night long until the morning, Jesus prayed. Uh, David, in the Old Testament, says, early will I seek thee. Talks about getting up before the dawn and seeking the Lord early, first thing in the morning. So, extended prayer is scriptural. And it's something we should be doing. So, to help you... To get into extended prayer, we've, we're providing prayer points, and we've we've done that before, but now we're going to create ones for this fast, and every day on social, we're going to post them and give you the ability to follow along with us and uh, and to jump in and begin to pray. Now, listen, it's not hard. It, once you get into this, I've found it's not hard, truly, to pray for an hour or more because what ends up happening is this. As you pray, and by the way, if you haven't done so yet, welcome to everybody that's joining us. Please take a minute to share the broadcast today. This week of broadcasts is going to be a very important week of broadcasts, and uh, we're going to be talking all week long about the power of fasting and prayer, and today we're going to talk about how to fast the Bible way. What does it mean? Because I see a lot of people that 
uh, are attempting to do it. And there's just people that are doing it wrong, maybe because they've never been taught. But there is a Bible way to fast. There is a biblical way to fast and pray. And that's what today's broadcast is about. And then, of course, as I said, throughout the week, we're going to cover benefits of fasting and prayer, what it does supernaturally, spiritually, what it does for your physical body, what it does for your purpose and for what God's called you to do. But uh, it's important to start with, you know, how to do it biblically. And, and the, that's the foundation. So there's people, I, I see them, they, they're, they're, they're well, we're, we're going to get into this. We're going to do a fast. We're going to do it this way. But you can't do it. You can't fast the way you want to do it. It has to be done the Bible way. And so it's important to know what the Bible says about it. And so if you haven't taken a minute to, to share it, please do, because we're going to jump into this. And, uh, and I'm going to show you some things from God's word, and it's going to be a, a very important. But here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you that are joining me every day on these broadcasts and those that follow our ministry is that this time of fasting and prayer, January the 2nd through the 22nd, 21 days, my prayer is that during these 21 days is that number one, you would have an encounter with God like you've never had in your entire life, that you would have an encounter with the spirit of God that would literally revitalize your entire spiritual life and natural life. I pray that God touches you in such a strong way at the beginning of this new year that your life will never be the same ever again, literally, that you'll have a new hunger, that you have a new fire in your spirit, that you literally have a new fervor to win the loss, that you have a new force and momentum to run after your calling and your purpose. I pray that God touches you supernaturally. Maria is asking, when one is on a fast, can you take communion uh, every night to the end of the day? I've done that. Um, I take communion on fast. I mean, you're not eating a meal uh, or snacking. You know, a communion wafer and, and a little thing of grape juice is not going to break your fast. It's something God commanded us to do. I mean, obviously, if you're eating like a loaf of bread and drinking a Welch's sparkling grape, you know, that's a, a different story. But I mean, if you're having a communion wafer and a little thing of, of juice, it's something the whole, that, that Jesus told us to do uh, in remembrance of the redemptive covenant that he made with us. And there is power in the... Um, there is power in the communion meal. In fact, this coming month, as you receive the magazine that's going out, by the way, let me, let me show you that. Um, the magazine has already been shipped. And if you don't get it and you'd like to get it, you can sign up to receive it at that link right there, miracleword.com forward slash live, and we'll send it to you. Um, but we have a new uh, message we're releasing on, on, uh, on uh, audio entitled The Miracle Meal. Where it would be a great one to get in January during this fast, but it's 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 a message where I talk about the power of communion, what it does supernaturally for the believer. So yes, I totally believe you can do that, Maria, and it's a powerful thing. It's it's it truly is a miracle meal. But we don't want you to be. Um, I don't want you to feel like you know it's just this. Oh, this is such a a tiring time. You know, there's people that try to sleep their whole fast away. You know, they just want to eat. So they go to, they come home from work and just go to sleep. And, you know, I just don't want to be awake during this. Fast. That's not what the fast is for. The fast that we're going on is a supernatural transaction with the Holy spirit. As we are literally taking this flesh and putting it under, that's one of the things we're doing and letting our spirit man take control. I don't think many believers understand fully how flesh-led that they are. 
I really don't. I think that many people think that they're spiritual and that they're spirit-led, and they find out when they go on a fast how much their flesh really has control in their life. And one of the, no question, one of the things that fasting does is it silences your flesh. It silences your flesh, tells it to shut up, and allows your spirit man to shine through and take control. But I want you to turn with me, and please pop these into the comment section if you're uh, taking notes and watching. I want you to look with me in the book of Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5. And I want to read you a verse of scripture that's very important in regards to fasting and prayer and why we need to fast and pray. Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5, 17. But let's start with the 16th verse. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, not 7. Look at this. Paul writing to the church in Galatia. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see that? Galatians 5, 16. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now look at verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So he's writing to Christians. So when you become a Christian, your spirit man wants to please the Lord. Your spirit man wants to please the Lord. But Paul, notice what he's teaching them because this is a hugely important point for every believer. He's saying here that the desires of your flesh will always be contrary to the desires of your spirit. It literally does not matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't. You could have been saved for 50 years attending church faithfully for 50 years. And it doesn't mean that your flesh will be glorified. Your flesh is not going to be glorified until the rapture takes place. When God takes your physical body and turns it into a glorified body. But until that moment, your flesh will always want to do things that are directly opposed to what God said to do. Your flesh wants to do things that please the flesh and your spirit wants to do things that please the spirit of God. So there's literally like a, uh, a war going on inside of you because your spirit is wanting to please the Lord. Your flesh is wanting to please its own carnal desires and so there is, there truly is a war that you have to win. You're, you are required as a believer to win the war of the flesh against the spirit. Look at what Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians. Go back just a couple of books to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want you to see this. So Paul's the one that wrote that to the Galatians. Your flesh is opposed to your spirit. He knew that. So go on further with me and see how Paul understood that he had to take care of himself. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 20. Well, let's, let's start in verse 24. Listen to these. 
uh, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable prize or wreath, but we do it to receive an imperishable prize. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. Now look at verse 27, very important. But I discipline my body and keep it under control so that after preaching to others, I myself should not become disqualified. Paul there is talking about becoming disqualified from heaven, from heaven, not the ministry, from heaven. So what Paul was actually teaching the the Corinthian church, who were a very immature church full of immature believers, and we know that because uh, he wrote to them with frustration and said, I wish I could give you the meat of the word, but you're so immature that I have to give you milk like babies. And so he was actually telling them to come on, come further past the elementary teachings and come into the deeper things and mature in the things of the spirit. And so he's writing this to a church that he knows is really battling immaturity and their flesh ruled and run. You got people in, in the Corinthian church doing crazy stuff. There's a guy that was literally sleeping with his stepmother uh, and bragging about it in church, in the Corinthian church. And Paul had to deal with him and many others that were just flesh ruled. So what was he teaching this church that was immature? He was teaching them that just like you see, because understand this was in Greece, Corinth is in Greece. So that, that he uses the analogy of all these athletes because they had all the athletic games going on in Greece. So he uses an, an analogy that they can understand. You know, you're always, you guys are always watching all these athletic competitions. Take a look at these athletes and understand that they discipline their bodies. And as they do it to receive a natural prize, we as the body of Christ should do it to receive our supernatural prize. And so Paul said, I put my body under on a daily basis. I take control of my flesh and I don't let it rule me. I don't let it run me or, or determine my actions. Why? For the reason that he told the Galatians. He said, your flesh is constantly opposed to your spirit and does the things your spirit doesn't want to do. And your spirit is opposed to the flesh. And it does things that your, that your flesh doesn't want to do. So what's the key? The key is understanding that we have to be led by our spirit and ultimately by the Holy Spirit, who is one with us. He lives in us. We have perfect communion with the Holy Spirit. He's a spiritual being, and he's leading our spirits. So understand that if you allow your flesh to rule and run your life, you're, in, you're, you're headed for destruction. You're headed for the curse. But when you allow the spirit of God to lead you and guide you and you allow your regenerated spirit man to make the decisions that are pleasing to the Lord, you're always walking towards the blessing of God. You can never obey God's word and not be blessed. The obedience brings the blessing. Obedience brings the blessing. So why, why why do we take the time 
to fast and pray. And yes, we're going we're gonna to get into that this week uh, on, on testimonies from previous fasts, all kinds of things like that. But we need to understand the foundation first. This is so important. The Bible's teaching us here that our flesh, so one of the most powerful things that takes place, we understand that our flesh needs to be put under subjection, needs to have, uh, needs to have control taken away from it. My flesh is not qualified to run my life. And if you're watching me on YouTube, Periscope, or Facebook, I want you to put that in the comments section right now. So important. My flesh is not qualified to run my life. My flesh is not qualified to run my life. And you know that to be true. There's people watching, including me, that have done things in the flesh and it ended in, you know, failure. You need to write it in the comments. My flesh is not qualified to run my life. It's not. And you know that it's not. Your flesh will always lead you into destruction and lead you out of the blessings of God. But your spirit man, who is one with God, will lead you by obedience into the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow unto it. And so my flesh is not qualified to run my life. Pop it in the comment section and understand it as a very important principle. You can't make decisions based on your emotions. You can't make decisions based on what you see in the natural. You can't make decisions based on circumstances, how you feel, uh, what other people have done. You can't even make decisions based on tradition in your family. Because if your family did not follow God before you, you say, well, you and our family's always done it like this. Well, now that you're a new creature, you've got to separate from the old way of doing things. You know, maybe they're all, maybe your mother and father always screamed at each other, always fought, always had issues. It's time to change that. My flesh is not going to run my life and my relationships and my, it's, it's not qualified to. And so I take control away from my flesh and give it to my spirit. I take control away from my flesh and give it to my spirit. That's what Paul was saying. I put my flesh under on a daily basis so that after having preached to other people, I will not be disqualified. So as you're turning with me to Matthew chapter six, now we're going to get into this. Matthew chapter six, we understand that the reason, one of the main reasons that we need to fast is to put this flesh under subjection, make this flesh submit to what God wants us to do. Your flesh is at war with the spirit. I like how the one translation says that in the Bible. Same one we just read, Galatians 5. It says, your flesh is at war with the spirit. And the spirit's at war with the flesh. And so what are we doing? We're allowing the spirit man to win the war against the flesh. And our flesh is not going to run us. It's not qualified to run us. So as we get into this, look, now Jesus is encouraging people in Matthew chapter 6, the teachings of Christ. And there's three things he teaches in this sixth chapter. He teaches fasting and praying and giving. Fasting and praying and giving. They all go hand in hand. Fasting and praying and giving. So understand this. We, we, uh, the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. So understand prayer is not something you just do one time throughout the year. You know, prayer is something the Bible says men ought always to do. 
Every day you should pray. Every day you should have a scheduled time of prayer where you're speaking to God, talking to God, and more importantly, he's talking to you. Prayer is something that we ought always to do, the Bible says, but then go on further. So obviously you can't fast the entire year. So there has to be times of fasting, which is what we're setting aside in January, but this shouldn't be the only time you fast throughout your year. The, uh, the early church, the apostles and the believers in the early church, they fasted one day every week of their life. Fasted one day. Even the Pharisees did that. Fasted one day every week. And so, you know, it, this is something that they understood the power of and did it constantly, putting that flesh under on a constant basis. Wouldn't It wouldn't be a bad idea to add into your uh, schedule every month days of fasting and prayer besides just prayer. I like my uncle Terry does that at our church at Dominion Christian Center. Uh, Every month, three days of fasting and prayer. And if you think about it, think about this. If you are faithful to do those three days a month of fasting and prayer, by the time you get to the end of the year, that's a tithe of the year that you've given to God in fasting and prayer. 36 days of the 365 that you've given to the Lord in fasting and prayer, a tithe of your year. And so every month they do three days of fasting and prayer. It's not a bad idea to add into your weeks and into your months days of fasting and prayer throughout your year to keep your spirit in check, to keep your flesh in submission. But let's look at what Jesus said. Uh, listen, listen to this. This is Matthew chapter six, and uh, he's teaching. Let's go to verse uh, five. Listen to this, Matthew 6, 5, Jesus said, and when you pray, this is very important, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, verse 6, go into your room and shut the door And pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So, you know, (laughs) Jesus is condemning here. This is really pride. What the Pharisees and the hypocrites are doing, according to Christ, it's really just pride. What they want is they want people to see them acting super spiritual and super religious. So they're always in public and in church praying real vehemently or on the street corners praying real hard and so that everybody can see, oh, I've got, a, I've got a powerful prayer life. Jesus said that's all the reward those people will ever get because they're doing it to be seen by men. It's pride. They're doing it out of pride. He said, but when you pray, go behind your closed doors, do it in secret to be seen by the father in heaven. And when he sees what you're doing in secret, he'll then reward you openly in front of everybody. And so I want you, I want you to catch this with me today. Um, you know, and, and of course, people always have this to ask because this is one of the questions people always come up with. You know, we're not supposed to let anyone know we're fasting when we're fasting or we lose our reward. You know, we'll cover that in a minute. 
As a, so, you know, we go on here, we talk about our fast, we're saying everything about our fast. There's a difference. Catch this. There is a difference between a personal private fast, which you can do anytime you want, and a corporate public fast. What we're about to do is a corporate public fast, which is in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament and the New. A corporate public fast. We're doing it together as the body of Christ. And many churches, not just in America, but around the world, are getting ready to fast during these days. And so it's a corporate public fast that we're jumping on together. And there is power in in corporate anointing. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. You know, so so there is strength in our unity, and we're doing it together. So you know, it's not what Jesus is teaching here. Let's go fast f- further to his teaching on fasting, verse sixteen of chapter six. He said, "And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces." that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. If you're doing a private fast, if you're doing a private personal fast that just you are doing, it shouldn't be something seen by others. You're not supposed to be going around, you know, hey, I'd love to go out to eat with you guys after church tonight, but I'm fasting right now. So I, you know, I can't be going out to eat like you guys are doing. That's not what you do when you're on a private personal fast. You know, you go in secret. You don't go around. That's why I said wash your face, comb your hair, don't disfigure your face. You know, they used to put sackcloth and ashes on. So everybody knew it's like they were in a state of mourning. Jesus said, don't do that. You're not supposed to go out to talk about your fasting, brag about it, you know. And yeah, Rudy, you're not supposed to brag about it, you know. It's like, yeah, you guys know you guys are going to Buffalo Wild Wings. I wish I could go with you, but I'm fasting right now, so I can't. Re- that's not the. You're not supposed to do that. Jesus said, people that do that, that's all the reward you'll ever get is sitting there bragging about your fast to people that are getting ready to go out to eat. You know that that's not why we fast. You do it in secret. You just say, hey, sorry, guys, I I can't make it tonight. And you go home and you pray. You fast and you pray. And you don't go and broadcast it. And you don't look look a, man, I just don't have any energy. Why don't you have any energy? Oh, I've been fasting for like three days, man. And I'm just, I'm tired. My flesh is worn out. You know, you don't do that. That's not what you're, Jesus said, wash your face. (laughs) You know, don't, don't put the disfigured face on. Keep yourself together and do it in secret. It's not something in a personal private fast. It's not something you're supposed to be doing and letting everybody know you're doing it. What we're about to do is different. What we're about to do is not a personal private fast. This is a corporate public fast. It's something that we're all going to be doing together. And, you know, even in the Old Testament, you know, they would call, do you realize they would call fasts in the Old Testament for the nation of Israel and everyone had to fast, not just the adults, not just the soldiers, not just the king, the kids had to fast, you know, there's like livestock has to fast, you know, and so there is a massive difference between a corporate public fast, which is what we're doing January 2nd through the 22nd and a personal private fast that you may do throughout the year uh, by yourself. And so understand the difference. 
You know, don't think that because we're in a public fast that, you know, if you tell anybody at church, you know, well, I'm on the fast too, you're not going to lose your reward. We're all doing the same thing. We're all pressing into the spirit of God together. You know, now obviously, you know, we have public, like my cousin is holding uh, public uh, prayer and fasting services through that period of time at the, at the church in Pennsylvania. So, you know, everyone that's coming to the meetings, we know that we're fasting and praying. So it's not like a secret. You're like looking around, like I don't want to let anybody know I'm actually fasting. I'm just here at the meeting. No, it's different. It's a public corporate fast. It's not a private personal fast. And so don't look at this. Like, no one should know. I'm, you know, don't go to work and broadcast it. You know, guys, I can't meet with you for lunch today. Like, you know, even though you are on a corporate public fast, you're working with people that aren't saved. So, you know, you don't go announcing it at work. And but just because your other, uh, the, your friends and those at your church that are in the body of Christ with you know you're fasting, you don't lose your reward because of that. It's corporate. We're all doing it. So I wanted to clear that up because I get questions about that every year. Well, I don't think anybody, you're talking about it on the broadcast and you're talking about it in the church services and I thought no one was supposed to know we're fasting. Yes, on a pub, on a private personal fast, it should be private. But in a corporate fast, we're all doing it together and it's all right that we know we're all pressing in together about it. He says, make sure that you don't let your fasting be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Another thing I want you to see about fasting and prayer, which we're going to get into this week as well, is that Jesus expects you to expect reward for fasting and prayer. You catch that. Put it in the comments. Jesus expects me to expect a reward for fasting and prayer. We don't just do it because it's a religious a religious ritual. You know, well, this is our duty as believers. You know, we have to do this. It's just part. No, as with anything else that's done by faith. Now, this is a point that I want to drive home. As with any other thing that's done by faith in the kingdom of God. And of course, everything we do, we do by faith. You know, you know that. Jesus expects me to expect a reward. That's right, Letty. Put it in the comments section. Jesus expects me to expect a reward. And that's true. Why? Now look at this. Here's the nature of God right here. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Listen to me. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For... Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Obviously, we believe he exists. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Look at the nature of God. In faith, he expects the people that approach him, not just to believe that he exists, but to believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, if fasting and prayer is not a diligent seeking of God, I don't know what is. I mean, think about that. How could you more diligently seek God than in fasting and prayer? If this isn't diligent seeking, I don't know what is. You know, giving up, and I'm going to get into this last, last thing because this is so important. If fasting and prayer is not a diligent seeking of God, I don't know what is. 
And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And Jesus said, when your father sees you in secret, he will reward you openly. So when we fast, we should fast with an expectation for a reward. It's not just a religious ritual. It's not just something we do to quiet the flesh, although it quiets the flesh. It does do that. But that's not the only reason we fast. Jesus expects us to expect a reward. That's why he taught like he did in Matthew. When you pray, go behind closed doors. When your father sees you in secret, he'll reward you openly. When you fast, go behind closed doors. Don't let it be known. And when your father sees you in secret, he'll reward you openly. Reward you openly. So understand this. Jesus wants you to be rewarded. God wants you to be rewarded. And part of when we seek him, we literally are being rewarded. And that's God's plan. So as we're jumping into this fast, go into this fast, starting on the second, expecting a reward to come from heaven during this time of 21 days of fasting and prayer. Good morning, Ashley. I love you. Get ready. I mean, like expect a reward to come. I'm going, in fact, say it by faith. I'm going to be rewarded during this fast. I want you to write in the comments. I'm going to be rewarded during this fast. Jesus wants you to be rewarded. That's exactly right. It's the nature of God for his people. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Yes, he is. And I expect to receive a reward during this time of fasting and prayer. Because let me just be honest with you. Let me be very honest with you. Not everybody's doing this and not everybody will do this. You know, there is a difference between the faithful and the unfaithful. And I'm not saying that to condemn the unfaithful. What I'm saying is that not everybody in the body of Christ is going to fast when the body of Christ is fasting in January. There'll be many people that don't fast. Many. And listen, they shouldn't expect to receive the same rewards as people that are seeking after God and doing what the Bible says to do. God doesn't bless the unfaithful with the faithful. You won't find that in scripture. You won't find that in scripture. God blesses the faithful and if those, there's people that are unfaithful, God's not required to bless them. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so I've made up my mind, and you should too, I'm going to be rewarded on this fast in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to be rewarded on this fast. And during this week, I'm going to talk about what types of rewards you can expect on the fast. I'm going to deal with that. What types of rewards can I expect on this fast. That's going to be happening this week. Now, let me talk about the biblical way to fast before I pray for you. Um, we get this question all the time, and I know there's people that are watching that maybe this will be your first time fasting, and I understand that. And because I know that it is, let me talk to you about fasting, um, which I know we'll cover more this week too. Number one, in the Bible... Okay, in the Bible, which is our guidebook for what we do, everyone who fasted 
except for one person did not eat food at all. Did not eat food. Everyone who fasted, Jesus, Paul, the disciples, David. I mean, you go through the Bible. Everyone that fasted did not eat food. Now, Daniel was the only person that you'll find in the Bible who was eating food during that time of restriction. But there's a reason for it. And it's funny to me that all the Christians that are jumping onto a fast, they always want to jump into a quote-unquote Daniel fast. Well, you know, I'm doing a Daniel fast. You know, and then you look at everything that you can eat on a Daniel fast, there's people eating entire bags of Tostitos chips because it's, you know, it's, it's on the Daniel fast. <laughs> he was the only person in the Bible that ate during a fast. And I'm going to explain to you why. Thank you, Suzanne. There's my mother-in-law. I love you. Thank you for sowing that seed and, and Larry as well. The only person that ate was Daniel. <clears throat> the reason that he ate during his time of dedication to the Lord <clears throat> is because it wasn't a 21-day fast that he was doing. You know, people go, I'm, I'm going to go on a 21-day Daniel fast. Da Daniel was not on a 21-day Daniel fast. He was eating because he didn't know how long he was going to be in that place of dedication. What It might have been two years. It might have been 10 years. But what he was saying was, I'm going to eat this way. No meat, no sweets, no, no, no pleasurable thing. It's going to be vegetables, water, whatever. I'm going to eat like this until I receive an answer from, from God. So obviously he had to stay alive. You know, what if it had taken Daniel two years to hear from the Lord? He would still have been eating vegetables and water, whatever, on two years later. Because he made up in his heart, until I get my answer from God, I'm going to be on this restricted diet. That, that This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm cutting everything down and seeking after God. He didn't go on a 21-day Daniel fast. He said, I'm going to eat like this until the answer comes. And so he's the only person that did it. And the reason he did it was because it could have been years. And he was planning for that. I'm not going to die waiting for God. So I'm going to eat this restricted diet until the Lord comes through. But every other person in the Bible who fasted, fasted all food. And some people fasted all food and all liquids. There were some people that didn't eat or drink anything for three days. Literally, it was a, what they call a dry fast or a total fast. And that I don't recommend that for people uh, at all. Unless like you're in a serious situation and the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, I do not recommend that people go on a dry fast or what's called a total fast meaning not even water. I, I don't recommend that at all. You Listen, your flesh will be plenty put under by just not eating food <laughs> at all. And so <clears throat> when we fast, just to give you kind of like the, the parameters, the guidelines of what we do, when we fast, we do liquids only. 
We do liquids only on the fast. Yeah, Rudy, I, I don't, I mean, when you say build up, I don't, I don't even do it. Like if you're going, let me just say this as just a, um, let me just say this as like a, a, a piece of advice for people that are fasting as someone that has fasted a lot. I've only done a dry fast several times in my life, in my entire life in ministry. And, and the times that I did, I made sure that I wasn't doing anything, anything like, you know, not going to work, not doing, you know, not doing anything. It was like, literally, I'm going to shut myself away in a room and pray and study the word of God. And, um, I remember a time I did it, which, which was very, um, unwise, I did it and then was coming to the end of it and I had to preach on the final night of that dry fast. And uh, I recognized, like I stood up out of my chair in my office getting ready to go get ready to go preach and almost like passed out being on the final day of like a dry, I'd had no, any liquids at all for I think two and a half days, no food at all, two and a half days. And I realized like I'll be useless to the body of Christ trying to preach to them. Like, if I faint, what's the point? You know, like, if, so I ended up uh, e- either drinking something or I ate, had a small meal before before the uh, service. I don't recommend a dry fast or a total fast because people have to go to work. People have to live their lives. They've got to do stuff. And so, you know, do the liquids. Do like what, what, what I'm telling you, like they did in the Bible. They cut out food, but you can obviously still drink. And uh, it doesn't have to be water only. You know, people have juices. There's people that drink juices and, you know, whatever. You can have coffee. You know, trust me. Trust me when I tell you. When you get to the end of 21 days and realize that your flesh has lost 21 pounds, you'll realize that you were putting your flesh under. You know, I I can't stand these people that get all legalistic. Like, oh, really? You're having juice on a fast? uh, It must be a real tough fast. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, you're sitting there with like half a Big Mac on your shirt. People that don't fast mock people that fast. Let me just say this to you. People who don't fast mock people who fast. So you'll, I'm sure you'll get people that say things to you during the 21 days. Don't let it discourage you. It never fails. Anytime I go on an extended fast, I have people say things to me on, on the fast about why I shouldn't be fasting or, oh, you're fasting again or, you know, you know whatever it is. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to whoever has something mocking to say about fasting and prayer. It always blows my mind anytime ministers have mocking things to say about fasting and prayer. It's like, really? You're going to mock the things that Jesus taught to do? You're going to mock those things? It's a foolish thing to do. And, and, And trust me, people will try to mock you for fasting and prayer. But let the haters hate, push it to the wayside. And focus, put your blinders on and focus on pleasing God in fasting and prayer. And uh, so, you know, drink liquids, you know, drink juice. If you got to have some juice, your coffee in the day, whatever. I mean, don't go out drinking milkshakes and protein shakes and, you know, don't get like a, a number one value meal from McDonald's and blend it in a blender and drink it. I'm talking about like, you know, just do the normal stuff. Have juices, have coffee if you need to, whatever. But pray while you're fasting. Take an hour a day and pray. Pray. Get in. Seek the face of God. If you're not going to jump into this in prayer, 
then don't bother fasting. Let me let me just say that from the outset. If you're not going to get in on the prayer, then don't bother fasting. Fasting by itself is a hunger strike. It, it means nothing. It's to be coupled with prayer. And prayer is what's important. And fasting is a supplement to your prayer, as I'll teach this week on the broadcast. Every day this week, Monday through Friday, I'm teaching on the power of fasting and prayer. And so today, it's like a foundational thing. And I'll take some questions here at the end, because I know people have questions about fasting. But take the time. Everybody in the Bible who fasted, other than Daniel, didn't eat any food. We're cutting out solid foods for 21 days. And we're going to drink liquids, and we're going to pray and seek the face of God. And and, And God said to Jeremiah the prophet, when you search after me with your whole heart, you will find me. When you search after me with your whole heart, you will find me. You know, I've heard people say things like, well, you know, I, I see these people fasting for 21 days and people fasting for 10 days. I've never had to fast that long to hear from the Lord. Well, wonderful, but hearing from the Lord or getting an answer to prayer is not the only reason that you fast. And I'll cover that this week because you'll hear people say like stuff like that. Well, I've never had to fast that long uh, in order to hear and get an answer from God. Good for you. Hearing or getting an answer from God is not the only reason that we fast and pray. So great if you're getting answers. Keep fasting and praying because there's more to be gotten. And I, I'm telling you, believe with me that during this time of fasting and prayer, you're going to receive a reward from the Lord for your fasting and prayer. Because Jesus taught that. Jesus is the one who said that God will reward you openly. He will reward you openly. So during the time, January the 2nd through the 22nd, we're going to be not eating solid foods, taking in liquids, juice, drink plenty of water. Listen to me when I tell you this. Drink plenty of water every day. Try to go for a gallon of water a day and let your system be flushed. Drink as much water as you can on the fast, and you can supplement it with juice and coffee, whatever else, but get that water in your system. That's just wisdom. And uh, and and then get into prayer. But no solid foods, drinking liquids, and, and pressing in. Take the time. Take the time. If you can join my cousin for any of the days that he's hosting at Champion Christian Center in Cannonsburg or, or Washington, Pennsylvania, January 2nd through the 22nd in Pittsburgh, Cannonsburg, uh, get there. Get there and be a part uh, of those fasting and prayer meetings. I, I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. If, you, if you're anywhere near Georgia or New York City and you'd like to join me in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to be in outside of Atlanta, Georgia, in Roswell, Georgia, January the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. January 5 through 10, I'll be at World Harvest Church outside of Atlanta. And then January the 12th through the 15th, I'm going to be in the Bronx in New York City preaching. And if you'd like to be with me uh, in any of those services, come and join me because it's going to be powerful and we're believing God for miracles. And uh, so let me, let, me, um, let me answer some questions. Uh, Ariel Vargas asking, <clears throat> can you do smoothies? Um, I don't do like, I don't do like milkshakes and stuff. Uh, if I, if I have to do, if I'm preaching like twice a day 
and doing stuff like that, doing, doing the broadcast and then preaching twice a day. Sometimes I'll get those naked drinks. If you've ever seen like those naked fruit juice drinks and, and drink the naked juices. They're all natural uh, fruit juices uh, that you can get at the, um, at the grocery store, usually in the produce section. If you've ever seen the naked ones, they make other brands too. But uh, I'll, I'll do those, but I don't drink like milkshakes and stuff like that on the, on the fast. And I'll do, I'll do it mainly if I have to do exert myself. Like I'll, pre, I'll preach hard during the fast. And, and it'll take it out of you. So I'll still do some fruit juices like that. It's and I guess it's considered Ariel like a fruit juice smoothie. Um, but yeah, I mean liquid. You know, I'm not trying to eat a bunch of food or anything like that. Water with lemon is good. It's going to be good. Yep, that's right. Georgia one five through one ten. Coming to the Bronx. That's right. Thank you, Rudy. Yep, all the details are on my website. Okay, that's the other question, Jeanette. Good question. So the other thing to do, and it is biblical, it's in the Bible, for people that may be, um, yes, you can have broth, Bonnie, for people that may be newer to fasting and prayer, um, one of the other things, and I, you know, I know Pastor Adeboye and, and, and others in Nigeria, Pastor Oedepo, they'll recommend this as well for people that are in their denomination. Uh, one of the things they do is the six to six fast. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Fasting, it's kind of like a sunup to sundown uh, fast, if you will. And it is biblical. It's in the Bible. Uh, but if people are, are not as, um, uh, the, the website is miracleword.com. Miracleword.com. So there's people that'll do a sunup to sundown fast, 6 to 6. And uh, that's fine. Uh, if you are going to do that, and you know, like have one meal at the end of the day. If you are going to do that six to six, you know, we recommend that during that six to six time, you know, that you're really abstaining from, you know, you're not having juice and coffee and smoothies and just drink water, you know, drink water from six to six, pray, seek the face of God, and then have your one meal at the end of the day, uh, after sundown or six to six, whatever. But really press in. I mean, like, it's crazy to me. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm not trying to be a stickler on laws of fasting, but I'm, what I'm saying is, let the spirit of your fast be holy. Let the spirit of your fast be something that is, um, you know, let, let the fast be spiritual. I see more people on Instagram, you know, planning out their Daniel fast with all the recipes they're going to cook. You know, you look at the stuff people's, people are making during the day, it's like, dude, it's like all these, you know, they have Daniel Fast cookbooks. I mean, think about that. Daniel Fast cookbooks. Where, like a thick cookbook where people are planning out in advance all the meals they're going to cook during their Daniel Fast. It's like, you're not focused on the right thing. The focus is fasting and prayer and seeking the face of God. Not planning a special diet during your fast. And planning what meals you're going to have. Like that's totally opposite to the spirit of the fast that we're going into. And that's why I think it's ridiculous. Like anybody that can fast can fast. Do it. Cut the food out and fast. And seek the face of God. Yeah, Daniel, those, I mean, that should be fine. Yeah, do that. I mean, there, there might, there might, oh, Rudy, let me tell you. I'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, let, let me say this to you. <clears throat> 
during the 21 days of fasting and prayer. If you if you're new to it, you may want to break it up. Break it up if you have to. You know, like do do three days, like like uh, Donna saying, do three days where you do total fast, where you're just not eating, you're just drinking liquids. And then if, after three days, if you've got to jump on the six to six, do it. But do something throughout the entire 21 days. You know, and then go back in. If you can go back in, do another three to five to seven days with no food. And then go back to six to six if you have to. But do something through the entire time of the 21 days to seek the face of God. Let this beginning of the year be a time that you're establishing your dedication to the kingdom afresh and anew and saying, God, I'm going to seek your face. I'm coming after you. I'm going to believe that this will be the greatest year I'm ever seeing, that that my purpose, my calling, what you have set me up to do will be quickly and swiftly accomplished. You know, let him be your focus. Let prayer be your focus. Let your call, let the body of Christ be your focus. Not like what meals you're going to cook on the Daniel Fast with your Daniel Fast cookbook. Like press in, like truly press in and uh, and let God use you on this. Any questions you have, pop them in the comments. I'll take a few minutes of questions before we pray. Rudy's saying, do not eat Taco Bell to break your fast. I totally agree with that. And I've done some stupid things that I'm not going to ever do again on fasting, which... <laughs> I've gone on like fast for five, you know, five to seven days, and then being um, so so hungry by the end uh, that like I just went to a Burger King drive-through and got like a triple stacker. Let me tell you, that was a bad move, a very bad move. I'm not going to tell you whether or not I made it home, but a very bad move. In fact, if I can give you some instruction. For every seven days that you fast totally, where you're not eating any food, you should take a full day of 24 hours to come off of that fast. So if you're joining us for 21 days where you're going to be not eating anything for three weeks, that's three full days that you should take at the end of the fast to come off of your fast. Remember a few things. When you're fasting, your stomach obviously is going to shrink. And so you're not going to be able to, when you come off of that 21-day fast, you're not going to be able to eat as much food. That's number one. But number two, one of the things that happens is your digestive system kind of shuts down a little bit because it's not having to process any foods. And so one of the things that happens is that stomach acids are released to break down the food that you do eat. One thing that can be dangerous if you're if you're let's say you did a 21 day fast with only water, you know you've not had any calories come into your body in 21 days. Your digestive system will be completely shut down. Don't go eat like you know a pizza or an Italian hoagie or you know we're all there was a story of my uncle Tiff told that somebody he knew that went on a really long fast like some like 50 days or 60 days something like that. And then came off of it and ate like an Italian dinner or something. And literally all of his stomach acids released at one time to break the food down. And it actually ended up killing the guy. So you have to use wisdom. Don't go do stupid things when you're fasting. And uh, definitely not Taco Bell, Rudy. That's true. Um, you are. It's not a That's right. You're not. It's not a luxury event. You are shutting down the flesh and focusing on the spirit. I agree with that. Uh, Chelsea's asking, would you recommend exercise or try to avoid it? Um, probably walking would be fine and stuff, but 
you know, exercise in and of itself, you're already not going to be taking calories in. Um, and, and so to burn even more calories with exercise, you're going to be very faint. Let me just say that. I would not recommend it. One time we were having an extended fast during a winter camp meeting and my cousin was, um, he, he used to run marathons. He was on a 21 day fast. I believe water only ran a marathon in the day and came back to run camera at night for the revival service and had expended so much energy. He was up on the plat, the camera platform holding the camera and literally fainted and fell off the platform, cracked his head. So use wisdom, you know, and I'm not saying this of Chelsea, but I am going to say this of people that I've seen. There are people that are so much more worried about their workout routine. Uh, and I'm just saying this as a, as something to, to think about. So much more worried about their not not messing up their workout routine than actually fasting and praying. That's a form of pride that you care more about what your body looks like than what your spirit looks like. Well, I got to get I got to get my workouts in. I got to make sure that I'm lifting. I got to make sure that you need to like suspend all that for 21 days and understand the power of fasting and prayer, and then get back on your workout regimen after you're done fasting and praying. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, physical exercise only profits you a little bit, but godliness is profitable unto all things, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. So you've got to uh, take the time and understand your physical exercise is not as important as fasting and prayer. And so, no, Chelsea, I would not necessarily recommend heavy exercise. Um, I'm believing with you, Danielle. I'm believing with you. Oh man, billion, billion eight. I could give you tons of incredible testimonies from modern times. We see them all the time. We see them all the time. Legs grow out, blind eyes come open, deaf ears come open, uh, people healed of diseases. I mean, COPD, nerve diseases. I mean, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. It's happening all the time. And, uh, yeah, don't try to string, stretch your stomach back to where it was before. Um, yeah, don't be weightlifting. Yeah, be very careful trying to do heavy exercise during, uh, you know, a, a fasting and prayer time. You know, focus on your spirit, not on your flesh. The whole point of this, as I was teaching today, is you're putting your flesh under, not giving it more strength. And so, you know, it's not a time to work your flesh out. It's a time to work your spirit out. And let God use you in the spirit realm. I'm excited too, Jennifer. It's going to be great. I'll give you a couple more questions before we pray. And then I'm going to announce uh, something about tomorrow. And then we're going to, and then we're going to go. And I'll let you be blessed for the rest of the day. Um, but if you have any more questions, quickly pop them in. Tomorrow, I'm going to come back. And we're going to start dealing with tomorrow. And you're not going to want to miss the, any, any days this week. Um, you know, Katie's asking, how often should you consume liquids? As often as you want, you know, throughout the day. If you need to drink, you know, drink. You should be drinking water all the time. But if you need to go get some juice or if you need to go get a coffee, get one. You know, get one and and uh, and have it. I mean, no no condemnation to people you are drinking liquids. I mean, you're not going to eat for 21 days. Tomorrow, I'm going to jump in with this and we're going to start talking about um, the benefits, the supernatural benefits of fasting and prayer, what you should be doing during the fast. I'm going to talk about tomorrow what your days should look like, what you should be doing during the fast, 
and uh, what, what it will do to help you, what supernatural benefits come with fasting and prayer. We'll give testimonies, different things like that. But 10.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, we're coming back more fasting and prayer. And you need this. We need this because we all need miracles to take place. And 2020, I'm, I'm confessing, is going to be a year of violent increase and expedited favor for the faithful of God. And I believe that it'll quickly come to pass for you. One of the things we're confessing is that by the end of June, June 30th, everything you're believing for has come to pass already. And that by the second half of the year, that you'll literally have to believe God for all new goals, purpose, because he'll already have accomplished everything you're believing for in the first six months. I believe he can do it. I believe he can do it. I want to encourage you before we pray, every person that's watching, if you've not gotten a chance to do so yet, to sow a seed by faith. And this is what we're believing God for. And of course, in the month of December, we're believing God for a $10,000 challenge, which I put out. We're rebuilding the entire studio downstairs, uh, getting it ready for television in 2020. That's why I'm, on, um, I'm broadcasting from this room. Uh, all new floors, all new walls, all new soundproofing uh, and, and stuff that we're putting together for the new studio. It's going to be great. I'm excited about it. And I want to encourage you to sow a seed by faith. Follow those that have already sowed today, Robert, my mother-in-law and others. And you can do that one of several ways. You can do it at miracleword.com on the website. Hashtag donate in the comment section for Periscope and Facebook. If you'd like to use Cash App, there's the cash tag on the screen. It's dollar sign MWGive. And then, of course, PayPal is info at miracleword.com. And you can sow your seed. Here's what I'm doing. For every person that sows $1,000 or more in this month of December, I'm sending you a genuine leather New Living Translation Bible that's made out to you beautiful genuine leather like i i love this this is i like to have like a like a calfskin goatskin leather bible it's as some would call it the analog bible but i love the new living translation uh it's one of my favorites that's it's a f- phenomenal translation of the bible and uh we're going to send you a genuine leather uh made out to you from me to say thank you uh new living translation bible that's for everybody that's showing a thousand dollars or more and uh, we're believing by the end of this month today and tomorrow that uh, the rest of that 10,000 is coming in. And we say a big, big thank you. Um, Maria is asking, how can I get your magazine you spoke about? I'm from South Africa. Uh, Make sure you send an email, Maria, to Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at miracleword.com. Jenna at miracleword.com. We'll send you a digital copy of the magazine via email, uh, and you'll be able to stay uh, on the list to receive every time the magazine comes out a new issue. We'll make sure we get it to you so that you can have a copy of it. I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's sowing seeds, partnering with us, standing with us, and uh, you're a blessing. We appreciate you and we love you. And um, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to speak to every one of us. And I'm going to pray that God strengthens us in this time of fasting and prayer to do what he's asking us to do and to fulfill it faithfully. But let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to every man and every woman today that's watching. Give them an instruction from heaven uh, in regard to the seed that they should sow today. Let us step out in faith. Lord, as we're preparing for the best year we've ever had, 
the best year we've ever had. Give us an instruction before this year comes to an end to sow a seed by faith that will position us for the harvest you have planned for us in 2020. And we thank you. It's going to be a year of overflow, violent increase, expedited favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Take a minute, sow your seed today, and believe God with us for increase in 2020. And I want to say a big thank you to every partner of Miracle Word Ministries uh, that stood with us. Many of you have been with us for years. Some of you are new this year. And I want to say a big thank you to you guys. Carolyn and I love you very much. And we truly, truly appreciate you standing with us uh, in partnership, in prayer, and financially. Uh, as we're doing everything the Lord's spoken to us to do, 2020 is going to be even better. The nations are opening up. God's doing powerful things around the world. And I thank you for every one of you that are standing with us. We call you Miracle Word Mighty Men and Women in reference to the mighty men that were with David as he did what God spoke to him to do. And literally, they I don't know if you know this, if you study the word, the mighty men that, that traveled with David literally killed the rest of the giants that were on the earth after Goliath. They wiped out every giant that was left on the earth. And that's my vision. I'm believing God that those that are standing with us, every giant that stands in our generation, anything that's set to kill and to destroy this generation, by faith, we're going after it to destroy the spirit of this world, spirit of Antichrist, and to bring people into the kingdom before it's too late and see believers equipped and encouraged, and you're a part of that. And every person, maybe you're listening on the podcast right now, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. We love you so much. Without question, 2019 has been the greatest year that we have ever seen in the history of our ministry. I would say, if I'm looking back and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would say it's better than all of the previous years combined because it's, it was just such an explosive year. We started confessing that back in March, that it was going to be a year that we'd have to run to keep up with the vision. And that came to pass so quickly. I can't even tell you. So it's just, it's been so supernatural. God's doing it. And uh, if he's doing it for us, he'll do it for you. The same he'll do for you if you'll be faithful and press in. And that's what I believe that this upcoming fast is all about, is setting ourselves in position to receive the blessings of God like never, never before. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate you and, uh, and love you guys very much. That's what we're believing for, violent increase, expedited favor for the kingdom. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you guys for hanging with me today. Once again, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Um, to, to continue on. Don't miss this week. Fasting and prayer teaching all week long, setting us in position uh, for what we're getting ready to start on the second. I love you guys so much. Have a great one. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.